or by the hearing of faith? Amen. We can pray one more time and ask the Lord to have his perfect... That all of his plan would be accomplished here. His will is paramount. His will is all that matters. Let's pray out to him for just a moment and ask that that would come to pass today. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. We need you so desperately today. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Lord Jesus. We touch you. We touch by you. To hear your voice. Help us, Lord, to give ourselves to you today. Service to you. Put a heart in us, Lord Jesus, to serve. Put a heart in us to give ourselves to you, Lord Jesus. Lord our God. Speak to us, minister to us today. I pray your heart, your mind. These things we ask in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You can be seated. The principles we find in God's Word are inviolate. If we adhere to them, we will prosper. If we disregard them, it will be to our peril. Period. The principles, the, the doctrines, the promises we find in God's Word are for our benefit. They are for our direction, for our guidance. If we follow them, if we submit ourselves to them, whether our understanding is there or not, if we will simply do what God asks us to do, we will prosper. We will prosper without understanding. We will prosper without knowledge. Although we like understanding, and we like knowledge. But if we disregard them, it will be to our peril. Right. If we are to succeed at all in our endeavors to live for God, we have to do two things. One, we have to discover what God wants us to do. Right. And discover how God wants us to do them. This, of course, being after salvation. What's God's plan for me? And how do I accomplish that plan? As a church, we're not here to reinvent the wheel. Adam and Eve were not expected to have right and wrong figured out. They probably didn't. But they were expected to obey anyway. They had one command. Don't eat of the fruit of the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good or evil. Don't eat of it. In the day that you eat of it, you'll surely die. That's it. Maybe they didn't understand why. Maybe they lacked the information to make a good choice here. But that's not really the situation, is it? The situation is whether or not I'm going to obey God. Am I going to obey His command? Or am I going to go off and try my own thing? Noah was not expected to know how to build an ark. He was given specific instructions, and he was expected to follow them. He wasn't a shipbuilder by trade. This isn't what he, he did. This wasn't his job. But this is what the Lord gave him to do. 
and he was expected to follow the instructions given him. Abraham didn't know where he was to go. He was just told to start walking. Right. Later on, I'll tell you. Now, most of us would at least ask the question, well, where do you want me to go? Yeah, which direction are you facing? Go there. He didn't need to know. He certainly wasn't expected to know. He just had to start walking. Moses was not expected to know how to construct a tabernacle. No tabernacle had ever been constructed before this. Right. This came right from the mind of God. Right. He simply did as he was told. Right. Again, was given specific instructions. Right. And just followed the instructions. God has a design for his church. He has instructions for us. Yep. And if we will follow them, if we will adhere to those instructions, we will prosper. If we decide that's too simple, or too plain, or too boring, and try something a little more exciting, we do it to our peril. This is not ours. And we are not our own. We are God's. We are bought with a price. This building is not our building. It's God's building. This group is not our group. It's God's group. It's God's church. He's in charge. He will always be in charge. Amen. Thank goodness. Because when men start getting involved, that's when problems start happening. Amen. God has a design for church growth. It is His perfect will for all living organisms to grow. That's part of what it means to be alive, is that we grow, we mature, we learn. God's church must also grow, not just numerically, but spiritually. There are two tools he's given us to do this. Maybe three. Prayer and fasting. Yeah. Evangelism. Yeah. What's evangelism? Preaching the gospel and allowing God to confirm that gospel with signs following. Yeah. That's evangelism. And like last message, some of this is going to be reviewed. Jesus gave an example of evangelism. Matthew 4, verses 23 through 25. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases, torments, 
and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic, and those which had the palsy, and he healed them. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee, and from Decapolis, and from Jerusalem, and from Judea, and from beyond Jordan. So we see Jesus going in, he goes into the synagogue to teach. He's preaching the gospel of the kingdom with authority. Because that's how Jesus taught, and that's how Jesus preached. With authority. We see in this verse that he casts out every unclean spirit. And he heals everyone that is sick. Immediately his fame spreads. I would imagine so. So much so that they're starting to bring people to him. Now great multitudes of people are following him around. Clinging on his every word. Later on we see Jesus commissions the twelve. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1. It says, And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits, to cast them out, and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. The first thing Jesus does, even before he sends them out to preach, is to give them power and authority yeah. Yeah. over all the power of the enemy. Yeah. That's the first thing he did. Dropping down to verse 5. These twelve, Jesus set forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. So here we see that their preaching was to include more than words. It was to include miracles, signs, and wonders. Healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, raising the dead, casting out devils. <clears throat> now if we look at the, the testimony that Jesus leaves us, if we look at his life, his ministry, we begin to find some things that remain consistent. We see that he preached, he taught, right? almost without exception, that teaching and that preaching was combined with healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, doing some kind of miracle. Sometimes that was even the intro. And then he would teach. We see the, the disciples. That was the plan. That was the method. That was the, the, the pattern that was laid out. They saw Jesus do it, and now they were going to go out with his commission and do the exact same thing. Yep. Come on. Yes, sir. Yeah. So far, so good. Yeah. yeah. Jesus' desire for us is to continue his ministry. Yes. We are his body. Yes. When he was on earth, that was his body. That was whom the Spirit of God resided in the body of Jesus Christ. When he ascended, his spirit came back into us, his body. And we are to operate the exact same way that Jesus did. That's his pattern. That's his plan, his method to reach the world. Now, something we're leaving out, though, 
is before Jesus started this ministry, mm-hmm. he went into the wilderness for 40 days. What did he do in the wilderness for 40 days? He prayed and he fasted for 40 days. He encountered the enemy. He defeated the enemy. And then afterward, he came out full in the power of the Holy Ghost. That's right. He went in full of the Holy Ghost. He came out in the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, preach it. And that's when his ministry started. Right. If we look at the Apostle Paul, he had a pretty good ministry, right? Sure. He did. He had an okay time with the Lord. God kind of used him a little bit. But before he began to, to be used at all, right. he separated himself and he went by himself into Arabia for three years. Yeah. And the Bible doesn't say specifically what happened. But his testimony is that he conferred not with flesh and blood. What does that tell us? He conferred with not flesh and blood. He conferred with God. He prayed and he fasted and he sought the Lord. And he got prepared for his ministry. And afterward, he came out of Arabia and began to be used mightily of God. I think everyone in this room believes with all their heart that God is calling us back to a first century witness. A first century ministry. This peacetime church where everybody just kind of does what they want to do can no longer be effective. We are at war. And this has always been a wartime church. Yes. From the time it was established all the way to this present moment, God has always designed this to be a wartime church. But we have been influenced. We have adopted some of the methods of the world, some of the ideologies of this world. And we have allowed that to infiltrate us, the church. We have got our eyes off the prize. We have become focused on other things. We have become distracted. We have become apathetic, bored, powerless against the enemy. I'm going to put Brother McGinnis on the spot, but he's the one that said this, and I completely agree. Well, I'm going to say no, right? I've heard, him, I've heard him say a few times that, you know, the, the preaching we've heard is about the same as we've heard in the last 15 years. The books we've been reading, about the same we've been reading in the last 15 years. And then he finished that up by saying, I suppose that's going to continue until we start getting it. Come on. The nice thing about Christianity is it's not it doesn't it doesn't take a PhD to look for the Lord. Amen. A small child can understand what the gospel means. It's a very simple thing. With very simple ideas, very simple directions, a very simple plan forward. Come on. 
we make it so much more complicated yes. than it needs to be. Yes, we do. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. We don't have to figure out how to win the city. We don't have to figure out uh, how we are going to live for God. My ministry, how am I going to progress in that, the ministry that God called me to? We don't have to figure those things out. All we need is to receive direction from God. Yes. Now, maybe he'll give us understanding. Maybe he won't. But the thing is to be obedient to God. Yes. We have to be obedient to God. Yes, amen. That is paramount. If we can't do that, then we're, we're done. We stay right here. Amen. We keep having our good church and go home and do our thing until next good church. I don't want to. But the Lord is calling us to something higher. He's calling us to something greater. He's calling all of us to that same purpose. Statistically, not everybody answers the call. We need to follow God's prescribed pattern. That is our way forward. God has been preparing us. He's been giving us. I said in the first service, I've, I've looked over all my previous messages. I've looked over the notes I've taken from other speakers that have come here. And there is a very consistent theme running through the whole thing. Leading us up to this. Now it's time to start moving forward. Now it's time to begin to mobilize. God is mobilizing us now as a church and asking us to begin to move forward. In the last message, which I just discovered has no sound, I read an article in the last uh, service, a very long article, but it, I won't read it again, but it kind of talks about the influence that prayer has had over the years in starting revival. Every single revival, every instance we find in history, without exception, without exception, every single one of them started with a period of prayer and fasting, of supplicating themselves before a holy and a righteous God for the city, for the county, for their area. And God answered, and he answered wondrously. Entire cities being converted. Businesses being shut down because people are on their faces crying out to God. Taverns going bankrupt. I'd love to see that right here. That would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. Amen. Hallelujah. God has done that before. Yes, He has. He has done it so many times before. 
Can he do it again? Absolutely. Will he do it again? Absolutely he will. If we follow the prescribed pattern. If we follow his pattern. The first thing we're going to do as a church is dedicate ourselves to a time of prayer and fasting. We are going to organize as a church toward this one goal. This is going to be our focus for the foreseeable future. All the Bible studies we have going on, all the people that you're speaking to, yes, continue to speak to them. Continue to minister to them. Absolutely. As a church, this is what we are going to focus on. Prayer and fasting. We are going to dedicate ourselves to this. We are going to seek mightily the face of God for ourselves, for our county, for our country. And for our planet. For our planet. You're keeping me on track here. <laughs> Only then can we expect boldly for God to move in this manner. We can't sit back on our pew and just wait for God to move. We can't do that. Come on. It's up to us. Yes. The impetus is on us. Yes. God is waiting on us to move. Come on. So we are going to move. Yes. We are going to move as a church. Amen. We are going to start praying. And we are going to start fasting. Now this means we're going to have to make some commitments. We are going to make this commitment as a church, but for it to mean anything, I need your commitment as an individual. We have to commit to this. To the extent that we're going to have to reorder our schedules. We're going to have to reorder our priorities, our lives, to accomplish this. I know what I'm asking. I do. I have things that I want to get done. I have goals that, that I'm trying to move toward as well. But for me, this is more important. Amen. We will need to do what's required of us. We're going to need to pay the amount asked. Give whatever is necessary. Endure everything that comes our way to move the kingdom of God forward. Preach it. If I'm, if I'm promising anything, church, I'm promising hardship. I'm promising a fight. And a good fight. But like Jesus, who endured the cross, he despised the same because of what laid on the other side. What was on the other side of the cross? Worth it. He thought it worth it. On the other side of whatever it is we'll have to face lies the salvation of this county. Churches being birthed. People coming to God. People being delivered from addictions. That's what we have to look forward to on the other side. Is the price worth it? That's something that you have to answer. But for me, I'm answering yes. The price is worth it. We can commit to these things because of what's at stake. The souls of those that we love will be forever damned unless we take bold spiritual action. And this is something that is very easy for us to lose sight of. If what we preach and teach is true, and I believe it is, 
If there is one way to salvation, there is one way to a relationship with Jesus Christ, there is one way to heaven, and this is it. If that's true, then they're not going to make it. And we can't sit here and enjoy the presence of God while everyone else out there is oblivious. Right. God forbid. We have been given much. So much. We have got to move forward. We are going to start moving forward toward reaching this city, reaching this county. That is a commitment that only you can make. I'm presenting the facts as I see them. The reward is great, but it will take some fighting to get there. Yes, sir. We're going to have to push through some barriers. There's an enemy out there that needs to be defeated. Follow him. Our country and our freedoms will be lost unless we take bold spiritual action. I love this country. I don't agree with its present stance. I don't agree with our present government. But I love this country. The enemy will grow more and more arrogant, more and more bold, and he will take more and more land unless someone stands up to him. That's us. If no one else will, we will. And I'm not talking about giving the devil a black eye. I'm talking about his utter annihilation. Yes. I'm talking about his complete and total defeat. Why do we commit to this? Because God is coming back so very soon. No one has much time left. This is the last hour. And we need to sprint our way across the finish line. If there was ever a time to put skin in the game, it's now. If there was ever a time to commit ourselves to serve Jesus with all of our heart, the time is now. When the rapture happens, when we hear those gates click before us, behind us, I want to I want to know that I laid it all on the field. I didn't hold anything back. I gave it all. Finished my course. Kept the faith. The closer God's second coming gets, more I feel in prayer the urgency of God. God's spirit becomes more and more urgent as the time draws nigh reach those who will be reached. This will be our first priority. 
way forward. To that end, I am instituting in this church under the direction of God a singular dedication to prayer and fasting into the foreseeable future. And it is my desire at the conclusion of this service to enter into a covenant with God to this end. Our goals are twofold. One, that we would all draw closer to God and become like Him. Okay, sounds good. How do we do that? We dedicate ourselves to praying always. I understand that we can't spend 24 hours a day in our closet of prayer. Okay, that's pretty obvious. But the Bible does command us to pray always. To always be in an attitude of prayer. To at a moment's notice, be in touch with the Spirit of God. And be able to commune with Him at work. When He wakes us up in the morning, sitting on the, on the, the toilet seat, Holding our clothes, whatever it is, wherever we are, we can be praying always. Daily we need to study God's Word and apply it. It's good to know God's Word, it's good, it's good to memorize God's Word. But if we don't do what it says, we are wasting our time. We've got to apply it. We have got to do what God says to do. We have got to apply to our lives what the Word of God tells us. Yes. And when God tells us something, over the pulpit, in prayer, through His Word, we need to do that. We need to obey. Yes, sir. When God gives us the, the order, when God gives us the plan, we need to give ourselves to that. Right. We need to obey God. We commit ourselves, all of ourselves, to God's will. That is our purpose in life, is to seeing His will accomplished. That's what a servant does. That's what a servant is here for, is to accomplish the will of his master. To see him move forward. The servant's not going to get any glory. He's not supposed to. We work so that God gets the glory. Yes, yes. That's our heart's desire, is that he receives the glory. His will is accomplished. His kingdom is moved forward, not ours. That's the first goal. The second goal, we pray daily against the spiritual powers of darkness that rule over Lacrosse County and every city therein, and for the salvation and the perfection of every lost soul in this county. Those are the goals. Those are what we're going to be focusing on in prayer. We will be fasting. I haven't made it a point, really, other than to explain what fasting is. But we are going to commit ourselves to prayer and fasting. When it comes to fasting, I'm not going to ask to fill out a schedule or anything like that. When we come up after service, you can covenant that with God. You can dedicate that time to the Lord. But when it comes to fasting, I'm asking for a sacrifice. 
I'm asking for a, a, a commitment, maybe a little bit bigger than you're comfortable with. Ask the Lord. Ask what He would have you give. Ask what He would have you do. Starting out, we're going to be meeting every week at the church on Tuesday evenings from 7 to 8 p.m. for corporate prayer along these lines. I understand people live some distance away. I understand that people have other things going on. I'm going to ask that you come anyway. I'm going to ask that, if at all possible, you rearrange your schedule so that all of us can be here. All of us that have covenanted with God, that have committed ourselves to this, that all of us would be here every Tuesday to that end. If you just can't make that, you got uh, work schedules that, that you just can't work around, I understand. Truly I do. Um, pray when you can. Matthew 6 and 10 says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We are doing nothing less than establishing God's kingdom here on earth. That is the ultimate goal, that God's kingdom is established on earth. That his will is done here, as it already is in heaven. When we fight, we fight for this county, we fight for our country, we are fighting for dominion. We are fighting to establish God's dominion on earth. That's what we're doing. Someone's going to have dominion. Someone's going to be in charge. I want it to be Jesus Christ. I want him to be in charge. I want him to make the laws. I want him to order our, our societal structure properly. Decently and in order. I want his will to be done here on earth. All of it. Every bit of it. I want his kingdom move forward. I can't wait for the day when I see it. Yes, sir. When I see that Jesus Christ is enthroned here in La Crosse County. Yes. In conclusion. This is where we begin. This is where we begin to see God's plan come to fruition here on the cross. I talked last service about mantles. The mantles of our forefather have been passed to us. The mantles of, of every ministry that has been in this church from its very inception until now is passed to us. All that they accomplished all the prayers that they, they prayed, the battles they fought, Brother Sister Bell, Brother Sister Parker, ministers before them, fought in prayer and fasting for the people of this congregation and for the people of this city. It's time to see those prayers answered. Yeah. <clears throat> it's time to see revival happen. Now is the time. It is the end time. not happening because me and my wife are here now. It's happening because of all those that have went before. It's happening because 
it's God's time now. We just happen to be entered into your labors. Amen. Just take that responsibility seriously. Responsibility of wielding that mantle, that authority, that commission, that ambassador, sir. We've heard the sermons, we've read the books, we've seen the news. Now it's time to take action. It's time to start giving back what God has so graciously given. Amen. Let's all stand. I want all of us to come forward. This doesn't mean that you are making a covenant with God. Right? I want you to come to you, sir. But what I do want us all to do is to speak with God. If he has spoken to you at all during this service, if he has touched you in any way, if he has moved you, I want us to make a covenant with God during this altar call.
God, but it is what I believe in all my heart you're calling us to. Help us, I pray. Set before us. 
Jesus.